Today's episode is sponsored by the American Chemistry Council. Chemistry creates, America competes. Hey, good morning. Welcome to Politico Tech. Today is Thursday, August 3rd. I'm Stephen Overly. Let's start with a big number that my Politico colleagues are reporting. The State Department identified over 500 ways that its computer systems were vulnerable to hackers. And that's just last year. Now, the agency has fixed many of the problems, but the revelations still add to the legitimate and growing concerns about the security of the government's technology. D.C. is especially on edge right now, after hackers backed by China were recently able to infiltrate the Microsoft email accounts of top American officials like Commerce Secretary Gina Raimondo and Nicholas Burns, the U.S. ambassador in Beijing. Now, cyber breaches happen so often that they almost become background noise. But hackers don't get complacent, and Washington really can't afford to either. That's something Ron Wyden, chair of the Senate Finance Committee, said recently. He's calling for investigations into Microsoft security practices after that email breach. In China, newly proposed rules would allow minors from ages 16 to 18 to only use their phones for two hours per day and anyone under 18 would be blocked from accessing the internet from between 10 p.m. and 6 a.m. Sorry, I'm pausing so that the parents listening have time to stop screaming. Uh, These rules may sound draconian, and to be clear, these are just proposals, and any actual enforcement of them appears to be up in the air. But this is actually a problem that governments around the world are facing. How to deal with the harmful effects technology has on young people. Now, some states like Utah and Louisiana are restricting kids' access to social media, at least without their parents' permission. But I wouldn't expect to see the U.S. consider rules like China's anytime soon. One area that is prime for regulation, though, is AI. That's why I reached out to Republican Senator Todd Young. He's one of the three senators that Chuck Schumer has picked to create a bipartisan plan for how to deal with AI. Many senators are still learning the basics of artificial intelligence, and Young has been pushing his colleagues to get up to speed. But here's the thing. AI is already here, and it's getting more sophisticated every day. There's a growing urgency for lawmakers to act, and some of them are proposing modest AI bills. But their track record on passing tech regulation is actually pretty poor. More often than not, attempts to rein in the tech industry fall short. Young tells me the exact plan of action on AI has not yet been determined. He's not convinced that sweeping AI legislation will actually be necessary. Okay. We're good? All right. And any tapping you hear on the table, you can chalk that up to when Young was excited about AI, which happened a lot. So just we'll start out, you know, I know you've just concluded a series of briefings on artificial intelligence with your colleagues. Uh, I wonder what's sort of the the biggest misconception or or blind spot that you feel like those have dispelled for for folks here in the Senate? You know, there's naturally been uh, a lot of focus on the risks associated with this technology uh, evolving and, uh, uh, you know, 
possibly empowering um, malefactors to do bad things, right? Uh, but there's been less focus, I think, in the media and uh, maybe less of an appreciation from my colleagues of all the upside potential of this technology uh, to improve lives, um, improve productivity, uh, and keep us more safe and secure in many respects. So uh, I think there has been a reset over the course of the briefings where uh, many of my colleagues uh, heard uh, about some of the amazing things we can do with artificial intelligence. And, and so it's given them a sense of balance as we approach this, understanding that we have to harness this technology in ways that will benefit our constituents and the rest of the world. But uh, we also have to mitigate the risks uh, so that uh, there can be kind of a regulatory sandbox where, within which innovators can do their work. So not just sort of legislating from a place of concern, fear, paranoia, right? But also opportunity. And that's helpful because one of our roles, of course, is to be outwardly facing towards our constituents and um, just making the case uh, about the importance of this technology uh, to our everyday lives. And uh, that will lay a predicate to make investments at the federal level uh, and also some investments in people so we can unlock the potential of artificial intelligence. There's been a lot of discussion around the urgency of AI, right? You know, I, I, even in the last week, I've heard both Democrats and Republicans talking about the time is now to to sort of legislate in this area. The White House, you know, has also sort of said kind of the time is now. I guess what's your, you know, sober-minded assessment of where the Senate stands in kind of the process of regulating, legislating around AI? Well, I think we're uh, blessedly, in a, in a bipartisan fashion, uh, we're making sure that we, uh, we look before we leap. Uh, we understand what uh, the real threats are that need to be mitigated. And to the extent there are opportunities, uh, you know, uh, particularly in investing in research and in people that, that, uh, that need to be seized, uh, we need to know what those are. Uh, otherwise, we're, uh, we're engaged in a lot of activity up here but not necessarily constructive activity. So right. um, in short – We've been through a series of, of three briefings just so that every single member of the United States Senate has a foundation to build on, a foundation of understanding of uh, some of the concerns of experts and uh, uh, what our role should be in addressing those. Uh, next, we'll be diving more deeply into some particular issue areas. Uh, I actually have a list of about 10 different areas that will be the subject of insight forums in September. Those will be forums where we can dive more deeply into some discrete subject areas. What with, are those 10? Yeah, so um, nine. Almost, or, or almost nine. What are those nine? And it may grow conceivably. But one is a innovation of uh, artificial intelligence. The next is copyright and IP. Uh, the third is use cases and risk management. So uh, identifying particular ways in which AI can be used and how it can mitigate risk where necessary. Uh, fourth is workforce. Fifth is guarding against doomsday scenarios. Uh, sixth is national security. Of course, there's some overlap between categories. Uh, seventh is the role of AI in our social world. Uh, what does it mean and, and how, do, how does uh, AI change our understanding of ourselves and, and uh, of our communities and, and of nations? Uh, eighth is privacy and liability. And ninth is transparency, explainability, and alignment. So, you know, really a, a sweeping 
cross-section of, of concerns and interests uh, and expertise we're, we're drawing on, and, and all of that will inform our regulatory and, where necessary, our legislative efforts. It sounds like you, you kind of have a timeline of a brief, you know, these general briefings, moving into deep dives. What, what Are you working sort of with a timeline in your head of, okay, I, I'd like to get to a point of proposing and working through legislation by a certain point and, and maybe across the finish line by a certain point? Well, when we embarked on this effort, myself, Senator Schumer, Senator Heinrich, uh, Senator Rounds, collectively, we all said we regarded our role as uh, coming up with kind of a high-level plan, uh, a coordinated uh, effort, and, a, and maybe casting a vision of, uh, of what needs to happen. What, what are the main threats? Bias, transparency, um, these, some, some real general categories, and then maybe developing a methodology to address those, those uh, concerns. So the methodology will likely involve regular order, that is, you know, asking the committees of jurisdiction to legislate in some areas that they think is necessary. And then we also want to make sure the administration has what it needs in terms of workforce and institutionally to, uh, to, to adjust our existing laws to an AI world, an AI-permeated world. So many of these uh, many of these laws we have um, merely need to be applied uh, to current and to future circumstances. That's going to require ongoing vigilance from the agencies to identify when new risks emerge. I am predicting what the senators I mentioned are also predicting, which is we're probably not going to have to ban a bunch of things that aren't currently banned. We're not going to have to pass a, a lot of major legislation to deal with uh, new threats. Instead, we're going to ask the agencies to come up with new regulations pursuant to existing statutes. Maybe some of those statutes will require uh, some modification uh, to, in turn, empower uh, an administration. So you don't see sort of a sweeping AI bill or package coming out of Congress so much as sort of trying to use existing legislation to empower agencies to take this on? There, we have not determined, uh, 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 you know, within the Senate or across Congress, uh, what sort of institutional structure is required. Is it a new entity located at the White House? Is it OSTP uh, with, with uh, new jurisdiction, new powers, uh, more personnel? Um, or instead, can uh, existing institutions of government uh, address these things? So that is an area that will be um, that will be a really important decision point. I don't think we're there yet, uh, which is one of the reasons why we're uh, holding all these forums uh, to try and get there. Um, and there will be various, what I'll call them, uh, consequential cats and dogs, really important areas. But uh, I think there, many of them will be disconnected, aside from the fact that thematically they're associated with AI. You were instrumental in the Chips and Science Act getting passed in a bipartisan way. And you've talked about how AI right now is a bipartisan effort. Are there, I guess, what lessons have you sort of learned from the Chips and Science Act passing that you're now applying as you think about AI to kind of maintain that being a bipartisan process? Well, one is um, 
you know, if you can make a national security argument, as, as we certainly did uh, when passing the Chips and Science Act and are with artificial intelligence, you tend to bring people together. Um, the second one is, is have faith. This, this system uh, is often ugly, but uh, when utilized inclusively through the committees of jurisdiction, you can make it work. You can, you can accomplish really big things and, and surprise uh, even the most hardened Washington cynics, right? Uh, so that's, that's another uh, important lesson. And then lastly, um, is, is show a lot of humility, legislative humility. Understand that the real expertise in, as it pertains to most of these difficult issues lie outside the walls of, of Capitol Hill. Um, they're all around the country, all around the world. And to the extent we can crowd in that expertise, as we're doing through uh, the process I've, I've laid out, um, you're going to have a much better work product, and you're going to have a lot more buy-in uh, from experts and uh, the broader public. So I, I think we're taking to heart each of those lessons. Uh, you can never guarantee success. Uh, but as one wag once said, you can deserve it. And I think we're doing all it takes to deserve it. The national security argument on AI, how much of that is tied to or, or driven by you know, concerns related to China? Obviously, with chips, you know, that was a driving force of needing to secure U.S. supply chains from Chinese influence. Uh, it was certainly a motivating factor. Um, uh, when, we, when it comes to AI, you a lot of times hear companies say, if you tie our hands with regulation, China's going to eat our lunch. So do you believe that we're sort of the, the balance of, of managing the, the national security risk on AI? This is absolutely uh, about competing with China. Um, uh, the Chinese Communist Party understands this. They're making substantial investments in AI, whether it's directly through um, trying to seek innovations in algorithm uh, development uh, through uh, and investing in the education of engineers that will do so in the future, uh, trying to develop next generation semiconductors uh, or harvesting vast amounts of data. Those are really that's the holy trinity of uh, artificial intelligence. And on each of those fronts, uh, we're in a competition with uh, the Chinese Communist Party. It's not just the American people. It's not the American government. Uh, it is China mostly versus the rest of the world. There's a few exceptions here and there, the Russians, the Iranians, the North Koreans. But uh, this uh, competition uh, can best be won if we can figure out how to unlock uh, the continued uh, and future innovation uh, potential of our own people and through our own system, but also collaborate with other uh, Western, I use the term generally to reflect our values, Western countries. Uh, blessedly, our State Department understands this, and they've been forward-leaning in this effort, uh, building on the chips and science diplomacy they've been involved in and, and securing our supply chains. This is sort of the next frontier, and that's an important component to success that we can't overlook. There's a lot on the line, it sounds like. There is. I mean, you know, it's it's our nation's prosperity. It's our people's health. Uh, it's it's uh, the extent to which we can uh, educate uh, our, our uh, children uh, to be productive uh, citizens. It's our national security and therefore uh, our value system that's at stake. So <laughs> we've got to get this thing right. And uh, oftentimes we don't get the, the small things right around here, but when it really, really matters and, and when there is uh, some sense of a timeline, uh, 
uh, facing members of Congress, uh, we, we tend to uh, get things right. Well, Senator Young, thank you for joining us on the Politico Tech podcast. Thanks a bunch for having me. And that's our show. Are you writing AI legislation for a lawmaker or just trying to figure out how to use AI inside a federal agency? We want to hear from you. You can reach me at techpodcast at politico.com or at Stephen Overly on most social media. Our music is by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Annie Reese is our producer. Steve Heuser is our editor. I'm Stephen Overly. Subscribe to Politico Tech for a new episode every day. And for more tech news, subscribe to our newsletters, Digital Future Daily and Morning Tech. Thanks for listening.